Welcome to the More Than Hearers podcast. I'm your host, Orion Williams. With me, the other host, Peter Willis. We're here to talk Bible, um, and we're glad that you're listening. We can be reached, and we would encourage you to do that reaching to us. Reaching. I'm sorry. Uh, reach out to us. Uh, here's how you can. Um, Peter's uh, Peter's not. Well. Can't breathe. <laughs> can't breathe. Uh, we're at podcast at morethanhearers.com. We're at facebook.com slash morethanhearers. And you can hit us in, up individually on Twitter. I'm at Orion Plays Music. And Peter is at MTH underscore Peter. Uh, Peter, we are in Book of Romans. Have you recovered? From? <laughs> From Romans, anything? Romans uh, 13, From anything maybe? I, no. I, we're, uh, in, we're in Book of Romans. What is the chapter of the, to- the, the episode? What is the topic? Episode 14, chapter 14. I, uh, topic? Mm, I'm not going to give it a, a title at the beginning, but maybe by the end we'll, we'll have referenced one or come up with one. Um, I did uh, I just want to reiterate what Orion said in, in the introduction of, you know, feel free to reach out to us. We've gotten some uh, Facebook messages, uh, some encouragement, even some questions about stuff we've shared on the podcast. Feel free to shoot us those questions. Uh, you know, I was going to say no matter how ridiculous, but you never challenge the Internet to come up with the most ridiculous thing possible because that's what the internet does best. Yes. Um, so don't, don't send us ridiculous questions, but honest questions about scripture and about God, um, or about the podcast in general, we're more than happy to answer those. Um, that being said, Romans chapter 14, I had this realization today that we are on the downhill stretch to the end of Romans, uh, which is amazing because it's been a heck of a journey and, uh, I'm excited to, I was going to say bring it to finality, but that sounds so formal. I feel the same way. Like it's a, it, it's going to be nice to feel the sense of completion of having gone through this uh, pretty rigorous study together. And uh, yeah, but, but also for what's to come, you know. Um, I think friends and family and uh, Orion and I attend the same church fellowship. I think people at church will be really happy when... We stop talking about Romans. I agree. Amen. I, I find a way to interject it into almost everything. So that being said, Romans chapter 14, uh, as usual, uh, rock in the NIV. Uh, follow along in your version of choice. Man, Romans 14 verse 1 has one of the best uh, two-word phrases, I think, in the whole book of Romans. And it and as we go forward into other studies beyond Romans, and as long as you... You follow us here at More Than Hearers. You'll probably hear me reference this phrase again. So verse 1, it says, Accept the one whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. And disputable matters is that phrase I just love because so often we get stuck on these disputable matters. And you go, well, what did Paul mean by disputable matters, Peter? Let's talk about it, listener. Verse 2, one person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another's whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. My favorite verse in the whole Bible right there uh, when you take it out of context. Um, for those of you who don't know me that well personally, I am not a vegetable guy. Uh, 
I am perpetually seven years old. I don't want to eat my vegetables. Please don't make me eat vegetables. Uh, I don't want salad. If it's green, I'm not interested. So I love this verse. One person's faith allows them to eat anything. Another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. Verse 3, the one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not. And the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does, for God has accepted them. And and so that's why I say when you take verse 2 out of context, it's a lot of fun. But it's more than that. Paul's getting at here, and he's going he's gonna to hound, hound... Nope, that's not the right word. <laughs> he's going to camp on this for a minute. Is um, this idea that some of us have convictions about food, for instance. I know plenty of vegan believers, um, and they have convictions about food. Whether they're faith-based or health-based, I don't have an answer for you there. I couldn't tell you. I'd have to ask them. Um, but then there are other people who have no conviction about food whatsoever. And Paul goes, uh, if you're one of these people on either side of the camp, don't look down on the other person. Um, we'll keep going because it's going gonna, it's gonna to get better. When do I get to chime in about this stuff? I don't because if you've got if you're gonna leave me a little bit of a flat ground to do some stomping, then on I'm, the food uh-huh. you want to stomp specifically on food, right? Oh, I love talking about food. I, I, I'm a fan. I I actually was catching up um, in my listening on old episodes, and I just listened to the episode where we were making cookies. Oh, what about where we asked for scones? I had forgotten about that one. <laughs> food but comes there, up on this show. There was a, an episode if you haven't heard it where we were. Uh, in the studio making cookies and there's even as i'm talking on the podcast you can hear orion open the oven and pull the tray of cookies out and set it on top of the stove could you almost smell the cookies ah man all i wanted to do uh was have some cookies so yeah definitely so we are going to move away from food after this paul's going to round it out on some other things so i need to uh, so yeah interject please uh hmm um, once again, stumbling for what to, what to say. I know I want to say something food in the, as it, as it pertains to faith. Yeah. Why is Paul even addressing food here? Like what's the big deal with food? Well, you go back to the old Testament and the law, there were specific rules about food. Yeah. What food was okay. What food was not okay. And it, that list there. It's it's not a list of like <clears throat> which animals are okay. It's more which types of animals. Right. So were, it's, so you know it, does the animal have a, a cloven hoof or uh, it does it chew the cud and all this stuff. And there's these combinations and some of it's okay. And then it's, does the fish have fins and scales and then or you know fins but no scales and like so forth. And what it comes down to, and you're welcome to study that on on your own, but. Um, it comes down to there some animals that are in modern culinary cuisine. Uh, they're condemned by that Old Testament law. Yeah. Does that apply to us now, Peter? Uh, I think we covered our obligation to the law pretty extensively in the last episode. Um, it was definitive that 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 is not that that food law the the food laws as they might be called. I passed away. They're not part um, of... Passed away is not... I don't want to say that. Well, I wish I would have said that. 
Um, the food laws died. But if you've read the book of Acts, I mean, Acts answers the food question of the law, I think, more definitively than any other aspect of the law is answered. Uh, Peter has his vision before he goes to the centurion's house. Yes. Um, the sheet comes down from heaven full of all kinds of foods, clean and unclean. And and the Lord says to Peter in his vision three times, get up and eat. And Peter goes, I, nothing unclean's ever touched my lips. And God goes, don't you dare call anything unclean. I have made clean. Right. And it happens three times. And uh, then Peter wakes up and there's some Gentiles who go, hey, uh, could you come to our house and talk to us and we'll feed you while you're there. And Peter goes, ah, uh, this is going to be a barrier to getting the gospel to the Gentiles. And we're, the law has been fulfilled in Christ. We, Romans has been all over this. So, it, yeah, in that vision, I mean, there are people who will tell you, doctrinally because according to their doctrine and then you and I don't share this doctrine but they'll say that that uh, well that vision was about people not about food well it was about food because God wouldn't be using the food as an illustration if it weren't somehow relevant I mean you could say it was symbolic but it wasn't really symbolic because he was going to have to go there and eat a meal with the Gentiles and the Gentiles ate according to the uh uh, all-you-can-eat diet. Yeah, yeah seafood. If yeah, you see food, food, you eat it. it. Yeah, amen. Yeah. Uh, and and so Peter would have been bringing this, uh, you know, a little bit of, he had a stigma for it because he had, you know, the old covenant teaching, even though he knew Christ and he should have had it, you know, clear by here, but God had to give him a wake-up. And he still didn't really get it until, you know, he put, he put it together. Oh, okay, yeah, I got to go meet with these guys. So uh, the reason I'm harping on this is because I, I think it's important when Paul says one, uh, what, what, yeah, uh, one person's two. faith whose uh, one one person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. Verse so, two, right? So when he says eats only vegetables, he's he's excluding meats. He and he's not talking about the the clean the, and unclean the can meats. and cannot right. meats. He's just saying he's just saying meats. And I think I think he's probably summarizing just for simplicity. Because there were there were people who were so concerned about what meat was okay to eat that they just went okay no meat yeah and so they went with all vegetables and he's saying that that person has a weaker faith yeah he's, he doesn't say they have no faith though right right but here's the but and this is the only reason I mentioned this and because I'm I'm a hard nose on some of this stuff I know you are this may have applied differently maybe not. And I would love your opinion, but to the modern church now that has this Bible, these scripture available on innumerable devices, um, multiple books, you know, on our our shelves, can we use the excuse? Well, I have a different theology about food or a different view of food when his writing is right here for us all to partake in. Yes and no. So, it, it, because he's going to, as he goes on and he gets away from the topic of food, um, it, it, he's going to reference, you know, basically, if you have a conviction beyond what is expressly laid out. So in Acts, uh, the apostles wrote a letter to the church, to the church, the generic church. Um, you know, uh, don't eat food sacrificed to idols. Um, don't eat the, the meat of strangled animals. Avoid blood and avoid sexual immorality. 
They said, because at that time, people were going, oh, you got Jesus, cool, you got to get circumcised, mm-hmm. you got to be kosher, you got to be all these things. And the disciples got together and decided, no, we're not going to, Peter actually says in Acts, burden. it's one of the greatest yeah. things, he goes, how, how can we burden them with a yoke that we ourselves were not able to bear? Peter goes, we couldn't live up to the law for generations, generations upon generations. Why would we give that to people um, and tell them they also have to follow it when we couldn't either? He goes, so we're going to ask them these four things. No food sacrificed idols. No meat of strangled animals, which we know is a bad call anyway, health-wise now. Um, uh, uh, meat of strangled animals, blood. food sacrificed idols, blood, and avoid sexual immorality. Um, uh, and we'll do a study in Acts another time, and we can talk about the why those four things. But uh, but what, what Paul's getting at is some people may be convicted beyond that. They feel like between them and the Lord, they're not supposed to eat X. Maybe it's ice cream. I pray for you if that's the case. I love ice cream, but maybe it's ice cream. Maybe you feel like God has convicted you. You shall not eat ice cream. And Paul goes, cool. Understand that you can't then go, oh, Orion, because God said I can't eat ice cream. You shouldn't eat it either. It's not. It's between you and God. But at the same time, if Orion goes, hey, man, I eat all the ice cream I want. Me and God are cool. God says I can eat all the ice cream. But if I still feel convicted, Paul goes, you better not eat ice cream then. Between you and the Lord, it's no ice cream. Better not have any ice cream. But don't make something up and then try to lord it over other people. And, and the other side of, the, of that is me as a guy who loves ice cream Amen. and loves all of all I the, do too, by the way. All of the meats. Uh, that I, according to these verses here, I don't get to. I don't actually get. To, I mean, I, ha- I have my little kind of uh, my little. Uh, angsty grudge where I'm like, you know, oh, come on, you have the Bible, the same Bible as I do. How can you not, you know, have the, the same view as I do? <clears throat> but but I can't have that attitude when I approach another believer. No. And this condemns that attitude as well as the, hey, you're not supposed to eat the stuff. It condemns the attitude that says, hey, you're supposed to eat the stuff. We had a similar discussion of this yesterday, and I don't know if you would reference it in your mind, and I, I don't want to divulge a bunch of details, but um, I don't know if you would reference it in conjunction with this to your mind, but we know of someone who was really convicted about something that scripturally we felt like there's no need to have conviction on. We didn't have an issue. Yeah, none at all. But that doesn't negate that individual's conviction on that topic. I, I totally understand, and, and, and their conviction, from what we understand, is genuine even though we don't necessarily agree with it or felt like we had to bow to it, um, we're still respectful of it, I guess is what I'm saying. Amen. And to evidence of that, we're going to move on. Verse 4, Paul says, Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own master, servants stand or fall, and they will stand, for the Lord is able to make them stand. And he's referencing us as servants of Christ. So how are we to judge someone else who's serving Christ? That Christ may have called them to a different level of service than us. Uh, verse five, one person considers one day more sacred than another and another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. And this is kind of what I was getting to. Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat does so to the Lord for they give thanks to God. And whoever abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives our lives for none of us lives for ourselves alone, and none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord, and if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. 
For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. And this is so key because it's, it happens in churches all the time. There are these movements that happen where somebody decides, as Christians, we should be celebrating the Passover. Super cool. If, that, if you're into that and you want to have a Passover celebration, have a Seder and invite people and all of that, and you're convicted of doing that year in and year out, by all means, it says, Paul goes, you better. Mm. If you consider that day holy, make it holy. But if 98% of the rest of your church body or everybody else in your church body does not see eye to eye with you on that, they are no less committed to Christ. Right. They are no less committed to their faith. They are no less a believer than you. But if you're convicted of it and you don't do it, you're in trouble. And there, there I mentioned last episode, there are churches that uh, really enforce keeping a, a Saturday a Sabbath. The Sabbath is yeah. Saturday, but doesn't really. if you think that Sunday is the new Sabbath, then yeah. you're mistaken. But, the um, word Sabbath comes from the, the word for Saturday. Uh, Saturday comes from the word Saturn. Okay. Well, the the Hebrew but, word Saturn. Yeah. Okay, yeah. There you go. Uh, and it and it, it remains in Romance languages, right? Uh, Sabado yeah. in Spanish. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I mean, it is what it is. The 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 Jewish Sabbath is Saturday, Friday night sundown to Saturday sundown. But but they they would say uh, in some churches that you are living in sin if you do not keep that Saturday Sabbath. And if you, you know, I mean, I'm not speaking for anybody else individually, but that, you know, that, that, that you're literally sinning when you, when you avoid Sabbath service and you go to a Sunday service. And this stark contrast to Romans. What, yeah. what is this saying here? Yeah. And, and there are churches, there are other churches that are Sunday celebrating churches that say, uh, if you have a job that makes you work on a Sunday, you better quit that job. God doesn't want you to work there. Paul's going, no, 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 no. That's not, that's not what it says here. It says the opposite of that. However, if God's put the conviction in your heart, by all means, you better follow what God's convicted you of. But make sure it's the Holy Spirit convicting you and not just some decades-old or centuries-old church dogma you're stuck on. Mm. And... And I'm not going to belittle you uh, in any way if it's a genuine conviction from God. Uh, by all means, um, follow after what he's led you to. And that the same goes for holidays. Some people think, you know, Christmas, Easter, those are to be revered above all other days. Other people go, you know, the root of those wasn't even mm. Christian holidays. I, I went through a period of time where, you know, I'm, I'm a big Christmas guy. I love it. I absolutely love it. Always have since I was a kid. But I went through a season a decade or two ago where the root of Christmas, if you don't know, centered around the pagan solstice celebration. Yeah, solstice. I'm going to make sure it wasn't an equinox. Are you trying to ruin Christmas? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring it full circle, I promise. But that's, and, and the, the, the Holy Roman Church, the Catholic Church, because that was the only game in town for centuries, um, was against any sort of pagan celebration or holiday, but so many good, quote-unquote, air quotes, good Catholics were celebrating this solstice celebration of gift-giving and sharing with each other that the church said, well, if you can't beat them, join them. 
the solstice of the 21st. On the 25th is the birth of Jesus, even though we know it was probably more like April. Um, but, but the 25th is the birth of Jesus. We shall exchange gifts and remember the reason for the season. Mm-hmm. And I got really jaded a few years ago, like I say, about a decade back, where every time somebody was like, remember the reason for the season, I was like, you mean the pagan celebration of the solstice? And that hurt church people's feelings a lot. Sure. But then I I don't call it a I don't want to call it a revelation. I don't want to make it more than it was. But I just had this moment, I think at a Christmas Eve service or something I was at, where God goes, "Why not celebrate the birth of Jesus?" And this passage in Romans that talks about uh, one person considering one day more sacred than another, and another considering every day alike, it does. It's not in here. It's in I think Colossians that. Uh, there's there's another reference. Is to this, this the New Moon Festival verse? Uh, yeah, yeah. But but the the gist of it is that you don't lower that special day to the status of every other day, but you raise every other day to the status of special day. Uh, the verse that comes to mind today is the day that the Lord has made. Let I us rejoice. Yeah, yeah. So I'm singing the song. But yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Most of the scripture verses I have memorized are from song lyrics. I, I don't know how to clap on it. Uh, clap on the three and the one or the two and the four. Anyway, uh, it doesn't matter. I don't clap know. Clap on the snare. <laughs> I can't. I don't clap because I, I can't keep up. I learned yesterday you don't dance either. I don't. Or not well. Not Certainly Which not well. Which makes me want to see you dance. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't drink like that anymore. So it's not going to happen. Um, so, but yeah. So I, I don't want to gloss over this, and we've we've gone on a lot of tangents trying to explain it. But it's this: if the Lord's convicted you of a day or a food or an outfit or a whatever, by all means, seek after your convictions. But if your fellow believer does not share the same conviction as you, they are no less a Christian, and vice versa. They are no more a Christian than you either. Each of us should reconcile with God where we sit. We should give thanks to God. And that verse 7 and 8, none of us lives our lives for ourselves alone. He talked about it way back in chapter 5. We are dead to our flesh. We no longer live for us. It is Christ who lives in us. So whatever we do, whether we regard a food holy or not, or we regard a day holy or not, it's for God. It's not even for us anyway. And that's why I challenge you to examine. Is your conviction based on century or decades old church dogma? Or is it based on something the Holy Spirit's put on you? Because if the Holy Spirit's put on you, that thing, by all means, press into it. When in doubt, just look at the truth of Scripture. Yeah, it's not going to lead you astray. Yeah, you know, there, there. People try to use scripture as a weapon. Just read it for yourself. What does it say? Verse nine: For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life, so that He might be Lord of both the dead and the living. Verse ten: You then, why do you judge your brother or sister, or why do you treat them with contempt? Oh man! For we will all stand before God's judgment. Verse eleven. It is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me and every tongue will acknowledge God. It's right out of the book of Isaiah. God's been saying it 400 years before Jesus and Paul's referencing it decades after Jesus. And it's still true today, almost a couple of millennia past Jesus. Every knee's going to bow before God. Every tongue's going to acknowledge him. And how dare we judge someone else for what God's called them to? God will reconcile that with them. We don't need to. 
Verse 12. So each of us then will give an account of ourselves to God. Verse 13. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. This is a two-way street, people, and I want you to hear it. That stumbling block means don't burden them with a conviction they didn't already bring to the table. Don't go, oh, you... You watch, you watch rated R movies? <sighs> I probably wouldn't do that. Don't do that to people. You, you listen to secular music? That beats of the devil. Don't do that to people. You listen to Christian rock and roll or Christian rap? You know God's not in that music. Stop doing that to people. That's not truth. Paul says it right here. Don't put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. Live by example by all means. If you're convicted of something and you think others around you should, live as a convicted person. Don't brag about it. Don't go, oh, I don't do those things. Don't don't get in people's way. Let the Holy Spirit sort them out. If you disagree with the way a fellow brother or sister is living, pray for them. Don't even have to go tell them that you are praying for them. I'm praying for you, Orion, because you know you listen to that devil music. Uh, prayer is a weapon. Ah, oh, man. Or in the prayer group. I don't want to gossip, but we should pray for so-and-so. Oh, stop. Stop. Jesus would, oh, he'd be so mad at you. He'd flip your table over. I'm sorry. He just would. I don't know. I'm going to rant, and I should, probably shouldn't. Uh, but I want to keep going. Uh, verse 14. I am convinced, Paul says, being fully persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself. Nothing, Peter? Nothing. Did you hear it? He said nothing. Nothing. Did you you? What saw about that? cigarette smoking, Orion? I'm trying to figure out what he means by nothing. Does he mean some things? What about drinking alcohol? He must mean, there's a short list at least, right? I, nothing. Nothing. Nothing is unclean in of itself. But if anyone regards something as unclean, then for that person, it is unclean. You better hear it. It says for that person, it is unclean. Not for all the people that person comes in contact with. That person. If the Lord has convicted you that smoking or drinking or watching PG-13 movies or listening to secular music is unclean, don't do it. But if your spouse or your kid or your parent or your pastor or your Sunday school teacher or your Sunday school attendees aren't convicted, leave them alone. Dang. Uh, I I don't know how this, this, you and I know this stuff is in here. Right. And we knew it was coming. I I forgot it was coming. There's, there's people who I think have never come across you know, this selection of verses. Because these aren't oft-quoted No, verses. we quote like 828 and 323 and those verses yeah, in Yeah, like what's even uplifting about any of the stuff in here? I mean, yeah, it's like, well, you know, if someone uh, lives for the Lord, they, you know, then that, you know, God blesses them for that. And if they you know, die for, for the Lord, like, you know, more more power to them. Like, you know, but it's it's not so uplifting to say, hey, quit judging everybody for everything they do when you have a different set of convictions. And and that's what that's where I'm convicted in this. It's like, because there's so much freedom in this for me. I, as I read this, I, I read about the food. And I read yeah. about the days I'm supposed to revere. It, to me, it, it's it's speaking very clearly that, hey, Orion, you can eat whatever you want, 
and you can treat every day like a Monday or like a Sunday or like yeah. a Sabbath or whatever. You just you, you know, do whatever you want with it. It's just another day. Yeah. And, you know, bless God and give thanks in that day. But so I, like we have these different approaches that we come from this. But my conviction comes from when it's like you don't get to say to somebody else because they have a different set of, of views on this. Even though I'm so convinced that my views are correct, that this very passage where I get that information from also tells me not to condemn others for having a different view. We're going to get at it. Yeah, it's going to go there. And But it comes back to verse 1. It's this phrase, disputable matters. Right. These are things that are not paramount to salvation. Romans 10 covered it. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, and you will be saved. That's it. Not quit smoking, quit drinking, quit watching PG-13 movies, quit eating uh, scallops and uh, bacon and uh, don't drink sodas or wine coolers or whatever. No. Seek God. Jesus told his disciples, follow me. That's it. Follow me. Uh, okay. Uh, I could be on. We could be on this. Yeah. We could be on this for a long time. But my hope hope my prayer my honest inclination towards this chapter is that somebody listening if one person listening finds an inkling of freedom in this oh this is worth ranting on all day there are far too many people in far too many churches who are bound up with dogma yes that was put on them by somebody who didn't like dancing or clapping or rock and roll or hip-hop or Anything more exciting than Barry Manilow? I don't know. I'm throwing stuff out there. And they somehow, that person missed Romans 14. And what they've done is they've stolen joy from a lot of believers who God has given them. I mean, David danced before the Lord. By all means, please do so. Anyway. Okay, so uh, verse 15 Uh, Yeah, verse 15 is just as important. If your brother or sister is distressed because of what you eat, you're no longer acting in love. Do not by your eating destroy someone for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let what you know is good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and and joy in the Holy Spirit, because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. So this idea of, okay, so you've got a a buddy who's convicted about ice cream, and you're not. Paul goes, if your brother or sister is distressed by eating ice cream, do not walk up to them with a bowl full of ice cream and go, no, look at what God lets me do. Don't you wish you could be? Don't. Don't do that. But at the same time, and I think he's going to get to it, but I can't remember if he does in here or if it's somewhere else. Oh, no, it's it's what Paul calls Peter out for in Acts. Don't, if you're not convicted about ice cream, lie and say you don't eat ice cream. Mm. Right. Don't, don't, don't pretend to be kosher if you're not just because you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. Don't go out trying to hurt somebody's feelings either. Stand your ground, but don't rub it in people's faces. The kingdom of God is not a matter of each eating and drinking but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. I, I always like this little this thing. There's verse 16. Therefore, do not let what you know is good be spoken of as evil. Uh, this speaks to me so much because I, 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 I you know, know people personally that uh, if they find, find out 
uh, what I had for breakfast. You know, I was like, oh, I had uh, some ham in my breakfast burrito or whatever. Yeah. That that uh, and it's not like I'm going around broadcasting, but yeah. you know, if that comes out, and then I got to hear some comment about, oh, oh, uh, you know, pigs are uh, friends, not food. Or something like that, you know, like they're they're closer to people and DNA and blah blah blah, and I, you know, there's this stuff, and it's like, uh, it's frustrating to me to know what I, to have what I know is good be spoken of as evil. So I'd rather the whole topic not come up at all. So it would be nice. So yeah. it's encouraging for me to stay private in that, and and I can take joy in that in that food, and I can you know I can I can have joy in that uh, without offending, and then I don't give them opportunity to offend me. Yeah. Win win. Yeah, I think so, because uh, verse uh, 19, let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. There it is. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All food is clean, but it is wrong for a person to eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. It's better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else that will cause your brother or sister to fall. If you drink alcohol, you're a Christian, you drink alcohol, and you're not, not convicted by it, fine. I don't, don't be convicted by it. But if you're out with uh, fellow believers who are, just don't drink. Just give them the benefit of the doubt. Like, go have your glass of wine when you get home. Sure. If you're so caught up in the freedom of wine that you've got to have it around people who can't, you might have a problem. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, I'm not great. I'm going to get emails now. But, Peter said I'm an alcoholic. No, I didn't. You're, what's your motivation? Right. The, the, the motivation should be back to, back to that verse 19 about yeah. mutual edification. Mutual edification should be what we're about, not... Oh, I love this food so much, and the and the Bible gives me freedom to eat it, so I'm gonna use it as an offense. Yeah, you know, like a bulldozer, like hey, everyone, I'm eating ham again because yeah. I can. Yeah, like keep that to yourself. He says he says better not to eat than yeah. to, than to cause offense to someone. Yeah, because I, I had somebody ask the last time I taught the Romans of what is edification. It's building each other up. We're we're in a we're all on the same team. We're all working towards the same goal, and we live in a world that is increasingly set against what we believe. Uh, and why would we not want to build each other up? Right. We, why, we need each other's encouragement. Yeah. And we need to encourage each other. Yeah, absolutely. So it is better not to eat meat or drink wine or to do anything else that will cause your brother or sister to fall. But let that be your reason, not some made-up dogma that it's not okay. Because it says right before it, all food is clean. What food's clean, Orion? I think all of it, according to this. All. Okay. Is anything unclean? Nothing, as far as I know from Romans 14. That's, I think the Bible said nothing is unclean. So, so whatever you believe about these things, verse 22, keep it between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who does not condemn himself by what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if they eat, because their eating is not from faith, and everything that does not come from faith is sin. Mic drop. Yeah, probably should, because man, that that uh, has its own can of worms. I'm not, and I'm not trying to gloss over it or avoid it. I just, um, if you have doubts, if you doubt in your spirit sincerely that eating or drinking something is okay, just don't eat or drink it. It's okay. It doesn't make you less than. But try to reconcile that with God. Understand the words of Romans 14. 
eat it if you want to. But if you really feel like God's calling you not to or to abstain for some reason, by all means abstain. Yes. But all of this in love for each other, whether we see eye to eye on it or not. I think that's the central theme of Romans 14. Ah, uh uh-huh, told you it was going to come at the end. Can't wait for the next episode.